Blog Talk Radio. He's a man who's going to tell you like it is. You can never be afraid of something that you don't know about. Now that's ignorance. And for us, ignorance is not bliss. He's a man who's not afraid to talk about the real issues and not skate around it. Don't you think it's about time that you got tired of where you are? I mean, you have got to be ready for God to do something for you and let him move. He's a man who loves his God, his country, and his people. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not too fond of the political state of the world, and particularly the U.S. as it is right now. But if you want change, you have to make it happen. You can't keep settling for less than what you ought to have. He's a man who's sowing seeds of life, love, and liberation to anybody who's willing to hear. There comes a point in time where everybody just needs to shut their mouth up and listen to God. And God is the one who will lead us and God is in all truth. He'll tell us everything we need. That covers every area, every facet from politics to church to you name it. God's got it covered. He's a man that seeks the heart of God for the people of God. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. And welcome to Zero Today. I am your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal, hailing from Cajun Land, USA, here to present you with seeds of wisdom, insight, empowerment, and liberation. We are promoting a knowledge that is engaging and transforming, and it is our goal. It is our obligation. It is our responsibility, our duty. It's what we pride ourselves in doing to empower you, our listeners, to knowing and being and impacting the world around you. And as always, you're welcome to join us on this illuminating journey. Uh, primary way to do so, there's a phone line that you can call in on to get your thoughts, your insights, your uh, opinions, whatever it may be on the air, commentary, comments, whatever on the air. That number is 347-237-5230. That's the number to call. But you also have other opportunities. The chat room is open, so you can go to Blog Talk Radio and log into the cut chat room. We already have guests in there, so you can get in and get, have a conversation from there. Uh, you can send me a personal email at pastorlorenzoneal Pastor at gmail.com. And always join the Facebook group. Like the Facebook group. Uh, it's the Zero Network on Facebook. Go there. Like. You can hear uh, various, pay, uh, various archive shows from back. I need coffee. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't know what's going on with me this morning. But, um. It's good day to be alive, good day to be awake, good day to be happy Wednesday to everybody. We're glad that you're joining in. And, um, um, you know, I got, a, I got a really interesting show topic lined up for us today. I'm excited about it. I've been getting feedback about this topic uh, uh, since I, since I uh, leaked what I was going to be talking about. So I'm interested in getting your insight into this topic. But we're going to be talking about... Uh, uh, Adult Swim's Black Jesus new show is coming out next week, and um, going to be discussing that. And questioning, I'm, I'm asking, you know, should a black church be offended? Should we, should we protest it? Should we call for its cancellation, uh, as some groups have already begun to do? 
So we're going to be talking about that. And then my secondary question is, you know, why do why do we put up with various kinds of you know church parodies? Why why do we tolerate some and not others? And is this one to simply uh, let go and just just let them have? That's what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, the bottom of the hour, and we're going to be. I'm looking forward to the a lively discussion, and we've had some. Like I said, I've, uh, 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 we've had some lively insights since I posted it last week, and we're just going to go from there. I just want to hear your voice, voice other than my comments. You know, my my little rant on it. Uh, so, before we get into the other news of the day and then to the show, let's go to the Lord in prayer. God of grace and God of mercy, we thank you for another opportunity to be on the show, to broadcast. We pray, God, that you, again, as we always solicit for you to allow the words of our mouth and meditations of our heart to be acceptable in your sight. This is our prayer. This is our earnest plea. In thy name we pray. Amen. So, uh, I, I'm actually going to do two two rants. Uh, well, one rant, <laughs> and then we're going to the topic. But uh I, I've been watching some things on Facebook that have been very, very disturbing, and it's a trend that's that's uh, uh, affecting young blacks, black teenagers, and it is the um, the fire trend. Uh, uh, what is it? Well, um, particularly the fire challenge. And um, now, you know, Facebook has always had these challenges as of late. It's the the trend this year has been uh, a challenge. That's been the that's been the theme, that's been the trend. You've had the gospel challenge, you've had the um the handsome, gorgeous, sexy challenge, grown and sexy challenge. Uh some have been <laughs> putting out other kind of challenges. But, you know, I ain't gonna lie, I I I participated in a couple of the challenges that I thought were uh, you know, not not demeaning fun. You know, and and um, encouraging and, and engaging. You know, um, but there's been this trend that's just just irks me, and it's it's the fire challenge. And I've been seeing these Facebook videos, and a large, a hundred percent of them have been black teenagers. And this is what the fire challenge is. The fire challenge is. You get some type of, 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 of well, it's usually alcohol, and the, the, the challenge to, is to engulf your entire body in flame, okay, in, in fire. Now, here, <laughs> Facebook, I believe, has removed most of those videos, but um, I found some on World Star Hip Hop that's still there. They have not been removed as far as I know. And these kids are, uh, they're largely men, young males. They're dousing themselves in alcohol and then uh, setting themselves aflame. And usually they're in the shower. Okay, they're in the shower and, you know, they they get all lit up. And the, the whole point of the challenge is to see how the individual who is on fire reacts. How dumb is that? I don't know. I mean, well, I can't even describe it. It's just beyond dumb. And while there have been, there was a report of a death, but it turned out that the, that death that was reported was a hoax. Uh, no, no one has died, but plenty of people have been seriously injured 
from this from this challenge. And again, this is these are young black male teenagers who are doing this. Now, 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 so not to sound as all high and mighty. I remember as a kid doing the same thing with alcohol except not putting it on my chest. We would use our finger or maybe if you were really old, you 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 do your whole hand. You know, uh, those of us who who weren't too bold, we just put a little bit on our finger and let it burn. But then once that heat got out, you know, we we put it out. That's out. If you were bold, you put it on your whole hand. You know, put it on your whole hand, and then watch your hand burn for a little while. And you know, it was like the burning bush. It would burn, but it wouldn't be consumed. <laughs> You know, and that's the kind of foolish th- things that you do as a kid. You you do that. But when it comes to a challenge like this, particularly, I guess the biggest thing, and this is what my rant is really all about, these young black men, these young black teenagers, uh, male teenagers, are doing this. And, you know, we, we often see, we lamented Trayvon Martin and how he, he, his, how he died. We lament all the tragedies that are uh, placed upon us because of a, another ethnic group that inflicts it. But we don't lament the stupidity and the foolishness that we do ourselves. I watched one video, and um, the young man, he, you know, he, he doused himself and said, man, I ain't got a life. And he's in the shower, he douses himself, and once he catches a flame, he jumps out of the shower. His mother comes in. And uh, you know they can't put out the fire, so he he is uh, he suffered third degree burns on parts of his body, uh, even including his genitals. I think that was the that was the part that was that was burned because that was not that that didn't have um, you know he didn't put alcohol down there, so his genitals were burned. And the mother comes in, and you know she tries to get him to get in the shower. He still because of the shock. From being on fire, he moves and it spreads, and you know they put the towels on him, but they miss by, and the mother yells, "Oh, it's still on fire!" And I'm like, "Oh my God, mother, how could you not know that they were doing this?" And 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 my other question was, who gave him the lighter? Who gave him the alcohol? How you know about a second after he's lit on himself on fire, the mother comes in, you know, maybe two seconds. Which which implies to me, infer I infer from that that she was standing nearby watching this challenge. Or if it wasn't a mother, it was an older, older, uh, older person, older female. So, you know, I, I, you know, I, I probably inferred too much in there by saying it was the mother. My point is that it is crazy to think that a challenge like that would not inflict some type of bodily harm. And it's also it's also we have to we have to I, I mean we really as parents I'm not a parent. I've acted in the role of parents for so many children as a as an educator. But you know, some things are just out of my hand. As a pastor, you know, I wish I could could intermingle with some of these children and, and be in their homes and create interventions for them. But I can't. As a counselor, you know, when I have youth and children who come in and the parent, you know, we're, we're doing family therapy or something like that, and I try to create interventions for the family and for the children, 
that are cognitively behavioral and in that in that in that frame of therapy that's pretty much what I practice. And that reinforces some type of positive value and empowers them to for behavior change. And and you know, as as a pastor I'm limited in doing that. Uh, unless they come to me as clients, I'm limited. In I was limited to do that as an educator. Parents got to really step up the game. And it, it's sad because, you know, I think about the violence that we inflict on ourselves as a black community that doesn't go addressed, that goes unaddressed, and and then we mourn because we see, I, I hear it all the time as a pastor, you know, these children are getting worse and worse, but the parents and the grandparents are doing little to nothing to empower the children to behave better, to know better. And I say this all the time, ignorance for us is not bliss. These kids, uh, and I was reading one thread about this, and, and, and I ain't going to lie, it's racist as what, but, but uh, this is what one guy said. He says, this used to be a white people problem. Jack, uh, the show Jackass, uh, honestly shocked that this is a black people thing. Seems more along the lines of a jackass type black word that white kids are better known for. And I have to completely agree. Another guy said, black black kids are stealing white culture. Next thing you know, we'll have a rash of black serial killers. Well, you know, we did have serial killers as black people. There's, there's a number of recorded, but that's just beside the point. But I, you know, I, I read this and I couldn't help. I, I laughed and then I shook my head at the same time because I realized how true this is. We're mimicking a culture that is oppressing us. That is that has oppressed us and 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 it's so infringed on our minds to imitate them. We did it. We have done it for centuries. We have been impressed upon ourselves as a culture, as an ethnic group, that we are not validated. We're not validated until we do something that they have done or are doing. You know, we didn't come up with we you know black kids probably didn't come up with this. Especially if they're in the hood. And from some of the looks, you know, I, I can't say whether they're hood. They may want to be acting hood. But, you know, we picked this up from from, from others. Think of, uh, Now think about these, these. These are the challenges that the white kids are doing. The white kids were doing the cinnamon challenge. I don't know if you know about the cinnamon challenge, but the cinnamon challenge, they mix cinnamon or, or you know, or, or, or eat it. And, and then it caused them to gag and. And spit it up, you know, something to that nature. But that was that was a that was a popular one. Another one is that's that's trending now is the choking challenge. And the choking challenge, this is really stupid. Kids are choking themselves to get high. It's the it's the feeling of lifelessness that is that that gives them. Um, no, it gives the high. The, fear, the fact that you are, you're literally dying. You're choking yourself, or someone else is choking you, and you know the see, the kids are 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 you know they get in a rush out of the fact that they're dying. 
You get what I'm saying? That that's that's the white stuff. That's the white people stuff. Now, uh, if I'm being offensive or racist right now, I hey, I'm just saying it like it is. That it is what it is. There's stupid stuff white people do, and there's just stupid stuff black people do. And usually, we black people get the stupid stuff after the white folk. It is what it is. You can't blame integration. You can't blame uh, Obama. You can't blame anybody because we, this is not something new. This is absolutely nothing new. This is us trying to, you know, this is us with, with no identity of our own. And I think no identity because in black history, hey, the kids don't learn anything. In black history, the kids are learning about Martin Luther King, maybe Rosa Parks, and they're learning the myths about them. You know, they're learning the, the good stuff that the, the the history books want them to know. They're not learning about the uh, the real oppression of the people, of their their, their ancestors, of their great-grandparents, or the great-great-grandparents in some cases, because the great-grandparents now in their 50s, <laughs> you, uh, your 60s maybe, uh, your great-grandparents in your, your late, late 60s, you know. Uh, so well, I digress, but they're not learning about that, and because they're not learning about it, they're finding things to kind of to validate themselves and authenticate themselves. And this is what the, I see the challenge as. I see the challenge, fire challenge. I see th- things like that as black males trying to find a way of validation. That's why I join gangs. That's why they communicate. That's why they commit violent crimes. A way of authenticating who they are, validating their self, proving themselves, their self worth. And and you know, white people. You know, I think about it. Think about this. The Jews have rites of passage. They have the Mavispa. Mavispa. Y'all know what I'm talking about. They have those clear. Delineation of when they become men. Hispanics uh, have something for the females, uh, uh, but black men, black the black race has nothing collectively for our young men to validate themselves. And so, what what do they do? They simply do anything to get attention. If it's committing crime, if it commits a crime, or before it commits crime, they're in the classroom and they're smart as I don't know what, but they don't do their work because if they do their work, they're going to get the negative attention from the students who are not doing the work. So there will be lazy students with bright minds. There'll be high school dropouts with innovative minds, creative minds. I, I think about, I, I say this all the time, and I, I'm, you know. I, I, I think about the rappers and how creative at one time they were. I, I can't talk now because I, I rarely listen to the genre. But I can remember how creative back in my day in the, the 80s, the mid to late 80s and early 90s, the rappers were so creative because not only were they sampling music uh from different genres and incorporating it into their uh, their particular uh, composition, 
but the, also the lyrics were expansive, you know, that you could tell that these these guys were on another, they were on another level, consciously, and they tried to promote that, you know, uh, early hip-hop was about empowering and elevating the mind, raising the consciousness of the people about their surroundings, even if they were in elements where creativity was was stifled. They were meant, and the slaves did the same thing. The slaves did the same thing when they were in, they were in an element where creativity was stifled. Yet they managed to create a culture of spirituals, a culture of work ethic, a culture of family connectivity that continued for generations. Now there's a disconnect from that across the board, and I see this challenge as one of those one of those um, symptoms, one of those. Um, one one of the maladies of that disconnect. It, you know, it's going to continue for a while. There's nothing we can. The only thing we can do about it is find a way to empower these young men to know their worth. How do you do that? I don't know. I, I mean, I I have plenty of ways I could suggest. Plenty of things I could suggest, but it starts at home. You know. I, we 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 need to get back, and I hate to use this this because thanks to Miss Hillary Clinton, uh, who has now copyrighted it, we need to get back to the the concept of a village. And and the village is more than just a few people looking out for each other. The village is people really feeling the obligation of responsibility. For each other, and it goes outside, extends outside the boundaries of the church, outside the boundaries of the uh, individual home, and to the full community. I grew up in a village. The village was called Booker T. <laughs> Booker T. in Monroe, Louisiana. That was my village. I could go anywhere in Booker T. and it didn't matter where I was. Somebody knew. My grandparents, my family, my peoples, and I could catch it from anybody in that village, and then catch it at home because they were sure to tell. Good, yeah, most times for me it was good. <laughs> but you know, we had that concept, and and we need to get back to that concept. Okay, I'm done for my rant for the morning. But I'd love to hear your thoughts about that. I'd love to hear what you think about this fire challenge, these other challenges, just some crazy things that you think these kids are doing that should change. That's what I want to hear about. So give me a call, 347-237-5230. Hit it up in the chat room if you want to, if you can. Let me me, me know. I want to hear it. I want to get your thoughts, your insights, your commentary about this. And when we come back, we'll get into the main topic for the hour, uh, this black... Jesus on Adult Swim. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back from this break, we'll be getting into um, we'll get into our feature topic for the day. But
What are you doing today? I'm backing up the computer. Photos, work files, you name it. Lovely. See you in a few hours. Did you get everything backed up? Took care of it. For just $59.99 a year, Carbonite backs up your irreplaceable files automatically, so you don't have to. Try it for free at Carbonite.com. At Farmers, we make you smarter about insurance, because what you don't know can hurt you. What if you didn't know that posting your travel plans online may attract burglars? Off to Hawaii. What if you didn't know that as the price of gold rises, so should the coverage on your jewelry? What if you didn't know that kitty litter can help you out of a slippery situation? The more you know, the better you can plan for what's ahead. Talk to farmers and get smarter about your insurance. We are farmers. Bum, da, da, bum, 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 bum. With the Name Your Price tool, you tell us what you want to pay, and we give you a range of coverages to choose from. Who is she? That's Flowbot. She's this new robot we're trying out, mostly for, like, small stuff. Wow. Look at her go. She's pretty good. Pretty good. Hey, Flowbot. Great job. Oops. Uh-oh. Flowbot is broken. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. Call and click today. How much money do you need to make each month? That's the first question we'll ask when you decide to start your own home business through IncomeAtHome.com. As a success coach, I'm here to guide people, like Karen, who need to earn serious money from home. We were living payday to payday, and with four teenagers at home, we were worried. By the third month, I was banking more than $2,600. After only 18 months, I was consistently earning more than $7,000 a month. Now, it's a six-figure income, and I'm paying cash for college for four kids. We found our way out of rat race. Listen, this isn't selling soap or energy water to your friends. This is a real business bringing potential customers to your computer so you can earn money 24-7. Incomeathome.com is affiliated with a multi-billion dollar company and carries a triple A rating. So how much money do you need to earn each month from home? Visit Incomeathome.com right now for your chance to win $1,000. Hey guys, listen, school is about to start, and you know, everybody's getting ready to have that last, last little back-to-school bash. And if you're going to have a, a back-to-school bash, you need to have some good stuff at the back-to-school bash. And you know, good stuff includes treats, and if you love sweet treats like cakes and pies, then you should check out Shima's Gourmet Sweets. Yeah, Shima's Gourmet Sweets, owner Tracy Earl and her, her staff, they bake up some of the best, finest, the goodiest, good, 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 finest crafts on this side of heaven. And I tell you, I've had some and I love it. I love it. I love it. And you know what? They they can make any sweet tooth happy. Any sweet tooth happy. You think about it. Whatever you want. They, you know, you might want to have some candy apples. You want to may have some popcorn balls. You may want to have a design, a cake just for your back-to-school bash, whatever it may be. You know, any sweet, anything, for any occasion, you can find it at Shima's Gourmet Sweet. Now, this is how you can get in touch with them. Give them a call, 
940-7897. And I guarantee that it would be the best treat you ever had. And I, you know what? It might give them a little sugar rush, but that would make them better for school. <laughs> so give them a call. Shima, check them out. Shima's Gourmet Sweets. You're going to appreciate it. The customer service, you're going to appreciate the product, and I back it 100%. Shima's Gourmet Treats and Sweets. 601 601- Nine four zero seven eight nine seven. Give them a call. Check them out today. You will greatly appreciate it. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Lorenzo Neal, and we're glad that you joined us here this morning. We're happy that you are sure. We're happy that you are on the show with us. I am excited. I'm excited about the topic. I'm excited about you. I'm excited about everything going on today, and I'm just glad that you're tuning in. Last segment, I had a little rant about this fire challenge that uh, black kids or or black males in particular are doing, and I think I just needed to address it. Uh, for you, my audience, you may know some kid who's doing this. You may have heard somebody doing it. You might be able to prevent it from happening. So that's just my rant. But anyway, I digress. Let's get into the main topic for the day. The main topic we're talking about today is a new show that's going to appear on uh, premiere on uh, the Cartoon Network's Adult Swim time slot. And it is called Black Jesus. Now, you heard of Black Dynamite. You heard of all the other black shows there is, Black Caesar and whatever else, but here we got Black Jesus, and Black Jesus is from the mind of Boondocks comic strip and cartoon creator Aaron Magruder, and if you're familiar with Magruder's work, then you know he's all about the crazy black folk. Yeah, but it's funny. (laughs) It's funny. But he's coming out with a new show that's going to premiere on Adult Swim, that is the Cartoon Network's after hours time slot, and um, really not after hours because it starts at 8 o'clock p.m. my time, Central Time, and it starts with King of the Hill, goes from King of the Hill to Cleveland Show, and then you have American Dad, and then you have Family Guy, and you have uh, Robot Chicken, and uh, what's the other one, Uh, Aqua Team, Hunger Force, you know, shows like that. Yes, I have watched it. <laughs> uh, so that's the time slot, and it goes from then uh, to early morning, from 8 to early morning, something like that. But um, this show, the new show that's premiering by Aaron Magruder, Black Jesus, portrays Jesus as a uh, black man in Compton, California. And when I say it portrays him, I wish I could play... The trailer, uh, but the trailer is just too explicit for me to play even audio because I don't have the means of blotting out, you know, the the, uh, the language that it contains. But uh, so it's set in 
contemporary Compton. But the character, the the, the uh, main character, Black Jesus, is dressed in uh, <laughs> ancient Palestinian dress, and he, he has on the robe, the sash, and even a a crown of thorns. He has <laughs> a horrible wig, and if you see the screenshots on the page, on, on the show page, or if you're looking on Facebook. Uh, anything like that, you see the screenshot, you see the horrible wig uh, that he, he has on. And, you know, he, 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 he portrays the Jesus as, as, um, as, as black, too. You know, the same features with bad weeds. <laughs> you know, the long hair, the beard, and whatnot. Uh, so... So it, it's it, it's crazy, and it's a parody. Uh, it has Charlie Murphy in it. You know, Charlie Murphy is the brother of Eddie Murphy, and he's sort of like the antagonist in the in the show. From from when I get the trailer, it has um, I cannot think of his name, but he he voiced the character of Grand Grandpa in the Boondocks, and uh, you know he's a funny, he's really funny guy. Uh, his name. Escapes me at the moment, but it has some, it has some, some names who are familiar to the black community. Now it is drawing, pro, it is drawing, uh, protests uh, from several Christian groups. More prominent one is uh, the Million Moms. Uh, I, I forgot it is the Million Moms of America or, or whatever. But the Million Moms have launched a protest. There are several online petitions from change.org uh, to have it canceled. And there was only one lone black pastor, one lone black pastor who uh, is calling for its protest. Uh, and <laughs> so my question is, should the black church protest this show? It, and if we protest, why should we po- protest? Should we protest because of a, the betrayal of Jesus in Compton? Should we protest because of the language? Should we protest because of the content? Uh, uh, what should we protest about? Or should we just protest because it's, as some have called, uh, and I I think... Um, uh, wrongfully called blasphemous. I don't think it's blasphemy. I see it as parody. I've watched, I've watched the uh, the trailer, and aside from the language in the trailer, I, I, you know, I thought it was pretty funny. But I thought it was funny because you know I understand that I am not a part of the target audience at all. When the concept for Black Jesus came up, they were not consulting pastors on how to accurately portray Jesus in Compton, California. Just like they did not consult pastors whenever they put a movie out about the black church and the pastor is some kind of pimp, pimp figure, money hungry, you know, money hungry person or some some wimp ruled by a good, uh, you know, board of deacons or whatever. They don't consult pastors for that. So I knew they were, you know, I, I went in from the perspective that 
I was never intended as their target audience. I watched Adult Swim for King of the Hill, Family Guy, and that's pretty much well, uh, American Dad, maybe Family Guy if I'm still awake. But that's about it. You know, Cleveland Show, I like those cartoons. Matter of fact, I wish it would go back to being Cartoon Network, but then that's what they have the Boomerang channel for, to watch all those old cartoons that I grew up on, you know, that are no longer available. Because the target audience for Cartoon Network has changed. So you will not be seeing, you know, cartoon cartoons like we grew up in, you know. The cartoons now are, uh, they have no specific purpose. They do not intend to teach any lessons, you know. They're not even really funny. You know, cartoons we grew up in, they were funny. They had, they made you laugh. But they also had some type of, some type of um, moral theme at the end that they wanted you to get, you know. These cartoons nowadays, they just do not, so it is not for us. So I understood from that perspective that I was not part of their target audience. And because I'm not part of their target audience, it shouldn't even bother me because, you know, it wasn't talking to me too. Secondly, my my other issue was that uh, I, I some white people are simply afraid, um, uh, simply uh, disgusted by it because it's black Jesus. That's just reality. I've, I've read some forums and pages where the whole point was that this is not the Jesus image. And before, you know, and before I even get onto that, what Jesus looked like, you know, slant to this argument. Um, even, <laughs> even the paintings that we had uh, of white Jesus are far from accurate. So, but that's the one that we see more prominent display. And think about uh, if we're really going to be serious about this, any portrayal of uh, of the deity, any deity. Up in, in, in the Western faith, mono, monotheistic tradition is idolatry, because according to God, according to the Decalogue, make no graven image, and that's one thing I appreciate by about uh, Islam. Islam, if you go to a mosque, you see decorative art and it's beautiful, and their design, particularly in the East and in the Arabic countries. Uh, the designs are intentionally uh, made to be uh, aesthetically pleasing to the eye so that you can get a concept of the beauty of God and the beauty of his creation, humanity. In Christianity, we've deified individuals. Uh, one of the most famous, famous paintings in Christianity, you know, the Lord's Supper by... Uh, uh, y'all know who it's by uh, uh, Leonardo da Vinci Thank you The famous Lord's Supper And we have a depiction of that uh, With people of color In our sanctuary in our church uh, uh, One of our members Painted it uh, as a child And, uh, uh, what, and it, uh, it's on display you know. So that's why we have that Because it's, it's more sentimental Than anything And I've explained you know, I, I first thing I want to do is take it down because I'm like, look, you don't need to have it in the church and in the sanctuary. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. It's one of those sacred cows that sometimes to keep peace, you just leave it alone. Anyway, 
I digress. Da Vinci's portrayal of the Lord's Supper depicts individuals that he considered beautiful. And that is how he portrayed the apostles and Jesus. Matter of fact, one even looks feminine. And if you watch the Da Vinci Code, you know that there was that one was not John as the as described as the, the one who loved Jesus, but as Mary Magdalene, his wife. Anyway, that's a whole thing, whole different thing. Yeah, I, I can get on a rant. Yeah, but the depiction of the Lord's Supper by Da Vinci has become the one of the most dominant idealized figures and uh, pictures of how we view the Christ. Uh, Jesus of Nazareth. Far from reality of how he actually looked, but who cares? Da Vinci wasn't trying to make it how he looked. His concept was about beauty, and that's what he did. So, I said all that to say that while we are protesting this show, while some are protesting this show, why are we protesting the show? Why should we protest it? Is the additional question I asked, and that's what I, you know, that's what I want to hear your opinion, uh, your opinions on. Should we protest it? And if so, why? What would what would be the the primary impetus for a protest other than the fact of the language? To me, I, I you know, I can understand calling a protest because you have uh, this figure uh, that is deeply rooted in the African-American cultural context and personality and consciousness. You have this person known as Jesus of Nazareth who is striving, you know, striding the streets of Compton, California, thugged out using foul language. You know, instead of turning water into wine, he turned... He turned water into wine, <laughs> but, you know, he, he didn't share. You know, he did all kinds of, he does all these funny miracles. He says, uh, I think one joke was, he, you know, he gets hit by a car and says he can walk on water, but that hurt like, a, you know what? I, you know, from that perspective, because of how it has been embedded in the consciousness of the African-American community, I can understand why we would consider protesting. But that's my only argument. That's my only argument. Because we didn't protest. We didn't protest Tyler Perry's portrayal of a feminine, you know, of the church. Matter of fact, we support it. We didn't, uh, we don't protest other movies that give slight to the African-American community's identity. We don't protest. You think about the black exploitation movies back in the 70s. Black folk didn't protest that. But it gave the wrong image of black women. Had them over-sexualized as well. And unfortunately, uh, in the modern-day music video industry, it's doing the same thing. You know, over-sexualized, hyper-sexualized black men. I think about, you know, the black men, you know, they were hypersexual, and, and, and it's transcended down to this to this point in, in, you know, in the contemporary rap music. I don't want to call it hip-hop because, from my 
perspective, hip hop was a movement. This is not a movement. It's just people making up lyrics to make other folk money. But again, I digress. I, I don't want to get on a rant. So I want to know why should we protest? And if we do protest, what by what ground on what grounds do we have? Now let me share some of the comments that I that I got on Facebook when I when I posted initially on Facebook. And and some were preachers, some were, you know, just regular persons. Uh some were, you know, some were really, really sincere. But others were just just, you know, <laughs> how can I put it? More than they were more spiteful than than others. But here's some let me read some of the com- comments. Um uh, I have one uh, uh, most of them saying protest. A lot of them are saying protest because it's vulgar. Uh, one person particularly said it's vulgar. When when confronted with the when confronted with the with the content having just, you know, uh looking at the picture, initially thinking it's because of the Jesus was black. That was the initial protest, but that, that wasn't it. It was the content that had one person said the trailer. Uh, it was just a hot mess. You got Jesus with a real bad weave and blue eyes and thorns, <laughs> a crown of thorns. Uh, another person, another person come in and said, uh, "It's it's really about the things." Uh, well, let me put it this way: that um, are protesting, particularly the the uh, the. Million moms will protest because they're ashamed of how it make them look. It's only portraying the things that see and do and how they act. So that's how some people thought. But uh, others, I like this one comment. And this was really, uh, 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 this was was it. Uh, These are the same Christians who allow pedophiles, Repeal fender pedophiles, Ponzi scheme runners, adulterers, liars, etc. to stay in, in the pulpit, but they're going to protest a TV show. You know. And I, when I read that, I, you know, I began to pontificate. <laughs> because it, it makes sense, you know, for me. I, I, I go back to, for example, when all the people were rallying. Uh, after Trayvon Martin, uh, he was killed, and all these people were rallying against Trayvon's killer. They were re- they were wearing the hoodies. They were protesting stand your ground. They, they were blacking out Facebook. You know, they had the blackout on Facebook, and same similar after the Zimmerman verdict. They were raising up. And protest and expressing their great disgust with the injustice that they felt had been uh, had been committed, and yet in Chicago, while dozens of young blacks were being killed, slaughtered by their own kind, little to no discussion was raised. It made a little bit of media got a little bit of attention because they felt obligated to to show that. You know, they were reacting to the violence. 
because they reacted to Trayvon, so they had they had to show themselves that they were fair and balanced. And I'm not just using that in reference to Fox, <laughs> Fox News. But the reality was they could cast. It was just about you know beating other persons to the story. And even now in cities, and even more so in the rural areas where crime is growing, black black crime is growing. There is little to no protest. And in the church, and I talked about this a few weeks ago when I talked about uh, Pastor Frank Hay and the, the foolishness that's going on in his congregation and how his people are defending him rather than defending the truth of Scripture, the truth and integrity of the church. They're defending an individual who's collect, you know, who is in immorality, you know, vagrant immorality, you know, just outright immorality. And these individuals, and I can't speak for the million man, for the million moms, because they protested J.C. Penney. They protested J.C. Penney for uh, contracting Ellen, the talk show host Ellen DeGeneres, to be their uh, uh, spokesperson for them. I don't recall if they protested CoverGirl for doing the same thing, uh, you know. But it's that kind of foolishness. But yet, yet at the same time, you know. We are having issues, and I'm going to talk about this next week, issues with pedophiles in the pulpit uh, taking advantage of children, molesting children. And it's no longer a Catholic church thing, but I digress. Uh, now, and let me address the vulgarity of it. And I may have touched on this earlier. Let me address the vulgarity of it. It's only as vulgar as the ones who created it. And as I stated earlier, we, those of us who are authentic believers, were not their target audience. They have on that show, uh, in that same time slide of Adult Slim, they have a show called The Loiterers or something like that. And these are young black men who do jackass-type stunts, parodies. And one thing they did... Uh, and I put it on my on my on my page because I I couldn't you know I, I saw this video and I'm like what in the world, and they had these elongated uh, pillows, uh, uh, stuff stockings, and it was stuffed and attached to their genital area, and you know they're playing around with each other as you know as if it's a gen you know elongated genital, elongated penis, and. Nobody protested that. I didn't hear black churches. I didn't hear million moms. I didn't hear any of them uh, protesting that particular thing. I thought it was stupid once I learned that it was parody, once I learned that it's a spoof, and once I learned that these young men are getting paid to act dumb, ignorant, and causing young black men to imitate them. And, and you know, I'm not saying that they are... Uh, Catechism, uh, the catalyst for such things, but in, in in some cases, you know, foolish things like that. These kids watch the show. It, it, while it says Adult Swim, the kids are watching it. Children are watching it. You know, it comes on eight o'clock, nine o'clock, ten o'clock. Most kids don't go to bed at that time. And if they are in bed, they may have their their devices where they can watch it on their cell phone and watch it on their tablet, whatever you know, iPad. So that was, you know, they didn't protest that. They're not protesting these black men. And yes, while they are on a on a network, 
what they do does not is not empowering the black community, young black males. They just get paid to act crazy and stupid. But there was no protest for that. There has not been called for that. And this show hasn't even come out. And based on a three-minute trailer, there's been just, you know, <laughs> enough outrage to say it is blasphemous. And, and content is another thing. You have credible actors, credible actors, credible mainstream actors who are a part of this project. And I mentioned some of them earlier. And, you know, they see it as comedy, albeit a bit stretched and vulgar. But think about the Wayne brothers, you know. Uh, the Waynes have been long ahead of time when it came to vulgarity and comedy. Uh, Eddie Murphy, you know, back in the day. Richard Pryor, back in the day. Uh Red Fox, back in the day, and Rudy Ray Moore, back in the day. uh, (laughs) You know, those are the kind of things that were portrayed. And they were, you know, they didn't get mainstream play. Most of those artists didn't become popular until after they, you know, they kind of calmed down their image. They they made it more mainstream, relevant to, to, to white America. They adapted when they adapted, even Richard Pryor, you know, although he pushed the limits, he he, conf- he confirmed. And think about Flip Wilson back in the day. And black people didn't protest because largely they understood the context of how he, oh, these artists, these artists were, you know, breaking ground. You know, they were breaking new barriers, things of that nature. So <laughs> they didn't protest. But now that now that we have achieved this this great barrier break, the comedy does not reflect the culture. The comedy does not reflect the culture. The image of Christ as we see him now and what will be portrayed on the adult swim is simply a variation of how we already portray him in the church. What do you mean by that? I'm glad you asked me. We already give Jesus a very, very tainted image in the church from the, from the perspective of the black church. Church folk, you know, we don't display Christ. We don't live as Christ. We don't, I mean, that's why it's so easy for them to make a parody of Christ in the hood. Because most church folk don't accurately and authentically, you know, show forth the Christ in them. That's why you can go to a club on Saturday night, act a fool, and hear some of the same music in the church Sunday morning. Yeah, I digress. Let me take a quick break. I've been running for a while. I'm going to take a quick break, and I'm going to come back and get my thoughts on this a little bit more. So... <laughs> Y'all just tolerate me for some reason. I don't know why y'all tolerate me, but y'all tolerate me. I have fun with y'all tolerating me. But it is what it is. And we'll be back right after that. I'm going to come back and say some more stuff. Maybe y'all join in. But if you want to, call 347-237-5230. The chat room is open. Yo, call. Get your thoughts in. I want to hear. I want to know what you think. What you think? 
Nothing as soothing as having a sweet aroma penetrate all of your senses. Peacock, the newest candle fragrance by Heatcentric, is that aroma. Peacock is a vegan hand-poured candle that fills the room with a soothing aroma that everyone is guaranteed to enjoy. Peacock by Heatcentric is the fragrance developed by Lady Jocelyn Sanders that's designed to reflect the glory in everyday life. I guarantee you will not disappoint it when you order your candle today from Heatcentric. I have one at home and in my office, and I tell you, it's so good. It helps me relax at home, and it helps me concentrate and stay on task in the office. You need to order yours today by visiting LadySanders.com, and while they also pick up a copy of her book, The Encounter, I'm telling you, you will love both. Peacock by Heatcentric, reflecting the glory in everyday life. Jackson State University is not just another university. It's a community. It's a family. And that's not all. Jackson State University is a national leader in biomedical research and development. With world-class science, math, engineering, and technology departments. At Jackson State University, we're leading the way in technology and innovation. One Jackson State University, changing lives one student at a time. I've been a victim of identity theft on more than one occasion, and I gotta tell you, it's never been a pleasant experience trying to clean up the mess afterwards. That's why I decided to find a safe and secure way of protecting my identity and my good name through LifeLock. LifeLock is more than just a credit monitoring service. It provides full identity protection and monitoring and scanning for any threats to your identity so it can also quickly respond to it. Now, here's the other good thing I really love about LifeLock is that it offers a guarantee of up to $1 million should you ever become a victim of identity death while using LifeLock. LifeLock is not an expensive thing. Plans start as low as $10 a month. I, I tell you, you ought to go there and check them out. Visit their website, www.lifelock.com, or call 1-800-607-7205 and enroll today, and I guarantee you will start to feel safer the minute you get it. LifeLock, you'll love it. At the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff, I'm part of a place where I'm always challenged to do more. I am a part of a place where I can be involved. I'm a part of a place where everything is possible. I'm part of a place where champions are made. At the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff, you can get an affordable education with competitive degree offerings, diverse student population, and stellar faculty. Become part of a place where you can get everything you need to succeed. Become a part of the pride at the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff. It's our favorite, yours and mine, because we found it together on a walk, 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 love to walk, a long walk, a, a walk with you, a walk I smelled squirrels on, but I stayed by your side because I could tell. 
could feel that you had a bad day and me being bad wouldn't make it any better. But being there was already helping a little anyway. And then we found that wonderful thing waiting there, waiting for you and me. And you smiled and threw it. And I decided right when I picked it up, I would never, ever leave it anywhere, ever. Because that wonderful bouncy roll around thing had made you play. And that had made you smile. Put more play in your day. Beneful. Play. It's good for you. Welcome back to Zero of the Day. Again, I'm your host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal. And I was just listening to that uh, He-Centric promo, and I tell you, I'm looking at my candle, and it's almost burned out. So I got to order me some more of those candles. And you, I, hey, you might as well go ahead and do the same thing, too. Go to LadySanders.com. Get your one of those peacock candles. I tell you, I love the smell. And it's, it's calming and soothing. So that's my second plug for that because uh, she's running out. She, she I think she's at the lower part of it, you know, maybe two, three left. So you better get some right now. For this, you know, go ahead and get some because I'm going to get mine. This smells good. But anyway, that's my second plug for that. Get your candle. You'll like it. I love it. All right. So I'm going to wrap up this session, this segment, this segment. And, you know, we've been talking about the, we've been talking about the black Jesus, adult swim black Jesus. Now, uh, Aaron McGruder, I love his artwork. I love the boondock. I watch it. Got it on Netflix. It's one of my, you know, one of my shows on Netflix. I've watched both seasons again. And I, I love the way he constructs, you know, I love the way he constructs the show. So if the show is any, well, it's because this is, the Black Jesus show is live animation, live and not animated. It's live action and not animated. It's, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how, how that, how, how it's, you know, the comedy is going to be conveyed. Uh, I, I, I know just from Gruder, you know, I know it's he's being he's parodying the way we portray Christ. I know that, yeah, that's obvious. That's why he got the black Jesus. I know he's also portraying the blind faith that some people, you know, Af- most African Americans have regarding uh, the church. That's the other reason. I, I know he's intentionally, intentionally bringing that out. That that's the whole point. The whole point of it is for us to question. Our faith in its entirety. Why do we believe? And what if it was this? And I think I, I go back to the book. Some time ago, years ago, there was a book, um, The Shack, and uh, the author escapes me. I have the book. Um, we even did a training on the book at one of a clergy retreat. Now, in the book, The Shack, the representation of Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit is nothing. Absolutely nothing uh, like we, we would know. I mean, God was portrayed as a, 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 a old black woman who loved to cook. The Holy Spirit was portrayed as an Asian female, and uh, Jesus. I, I've forgotten how he was portrayed, but uh, again, it was it was different. It was, you know, these wonderful portrayals 
uh, incantations, incarnations of, of these characters. And yes, I say characters because when you look at it in the book of literature, that's what they are first. So God, Father, God, Son, God, the Holy Spirit, they're characters within the confines of Scripture as literature. Okay? Let me make it be clear. Make it be clear. You know, there are characters within the confines of, from the perspective of Scripture as literature. Now, having said all that, having said all that, um, he, he, I, from my perspective, I see him, I see the purpose of this, of this show as, as, as a way of instigating our faith to be deeper, our relationship with the holy to be deeper, our perception of how we, uh, how we limit God to be challenged. That's what I see. It. Yeah. Now, I, you know, he has his unique way of doing it. Uh, I, I'm not going to discourage you from watching. I'm not going to encourage you to watch it. But I'm just going to say it. It, it ain't for everybody. For one. For two, it is grossly offensive to a lot. But then, so is Family Guy. So is Homer Simpson. So was uh what, other shows back in the day. And, and, and secondly, let me let me throw this in. Y'all remember those movies? God uh, uh featured George Burns. And you know, God was George Burns. <laughs> and uh, think about Bruce Almighty. And think about uh, what was the other one? The uh, Almighty, where it was Noah. But anyway, either way, you know, Christians received those movies well. As a matter of fact, they accounted upon. You know, they actually sell them in some Christian bookstores because they convey they convey this you know this image. Uh, uh, Morgan Freeman being being God, you know. That, yeah, hey. Anyway, I digress. So why were we more receptive to that? The images, uh, the idea that God can give away His powers to someone who is selfish, and then in the end He turns around and uses it for good, and He's a good guy. But nobody protested that. But we're protesting, you know, we're, we're raising alarm against this image of this man, black man, who <laughs> Charlie Murphy said, he ain't Jesus, he's just somebody who think he is. He's some crazy man who think he is. <laughs> I thought that was the most hilarious, that, that was the funniest one in the line, because I know a lot of folk who believe they're Jesus. Anyway, so the fact that this is going on, and and the fact that we are raising alarm to Yes, it's, it's foolishness to some folk because, you know, I, I wouldn't want to entertain the idea of a Jesus that curses. Uh, <laughs> I, it's just crazy. But at the same time, I, uh, I, I just can't fathom why folk will raise alarms to this and not raise alarm to similar, similar similar um, portrayals or parodies. To me, it just, it, 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 it's hypocritical. And if you, you know, if you're finished, the whole point is you don't have to watch it, right? That's what they say. I mean, I think my, my I got cable, I got all, all these channels, including Showtime and Cinemax and uh, all these other, uh, HBO, but I don't have to watch it. I don't watch them, even though, you know, they're part of my program, package, I believe. But I don't watch them. 
I don't have to watch all this stuff if I don't want to. If I see things that pique my interest, then I, I watch it. But I guarantee just because of the controversy, millions of people will be watching because of the controversy associated with this what it's really about. And when they realize that it's just a dumb show, you know, that is really just stupid. It really does have no plot. It really is intended to poke fun. Then, you know, they get tired and they won't pay attention. But I believe it's my my responsibility as a pastor to empower people to know the difference and to not waste their energy on things like this. But to get into the scripture, to search the scriptures like Bereans, to be able and equipped to be apostles to the world, missionaries to the world, pastors and prophets to the world. And by the world, I'm not just talking about unchurched folk. I'm talking about the ones in the church too. Because of the ones in the church who sometimes, and the vast majority of the times, are the ones who are lost. Because they're lost in the identity of the church and not in Christ. They find refuge in the fact that they are in the church. They find solace in the fact that they go to church and they pick up the role of the church, the duties of the church, and they, they're lost. And if you believe in the concept of hell or anything like that, then, uh, you know, that, as Christ said in Scripture, there may be many people who do a lot of good works, and he will get, they will get to him. And he'll say, depart from me, you work of iniquity. I knew you're not. And they're going to say, wait, didn't I do this in your name? Didn't I do that? He said, if you done, hadn't done it to the least of them, you didn't do it to me. Or if you did it to the least of them, you did it also to me. So, either way, the challenge before us is this. Will we focus our energies on empowering people instead of limiting them? I've gotten away from the arguments of abortion, homosexual, sex-sex marriage. I've gotten away from those arguments because it's not empowering. Arguing about something is not empowering people to do something. Standing outside of, of an abortion clinic is not doing something. That's just showing that you, you know, you fell into some belief system. What is doing something? Doing something is loving people where they are, just as you claim God loved you where you were before you got saved or uh, after you got saved or you got delivered or whatever it may be. You're, that is what we are called to do. Him himself, Christ himself, the words in Scripture says in John 15, they will know you are my disciples by your love one for another. And he used the greater illustration, the greater illustration of of the Samaritan, the good Samaritan. You had a priest, you had a Levite, or was a Pharisee, and you had a Samaritan. Two of them both had opportunities. Those were the two who were religious. Both had opportunities. Samaritan implied it was religious, but but Samaritans, according to Jews, were outcasts because they didn't worship in the temple. They worshipped in the mountain. But it was the Samaritan who displayed the greatest characteristic, loving your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments, the two commandments, loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and loving your neighbor as yourself, that's what the, all the prophets and the law are built upon. A summarized then. 
So you can get all the views and argument of whether it's blasphemous, whether it's vulgar. Yes, it is vulgar. There's no argument against that. Whether the content is uh, should be deplorable. We've seen worse. We sang worse. We accept secular artists into our gospel churches. You know, we let them sing when they're still secular and have no intent of changing. And then on top of that, we we integrate their the world's things into our church to be relevant. So we dress down instead of wearing, you know, suits and ties. We just gonna dress hip. We do all kinds of things that the world is doing, and we just put Christian on there, and that somehow validates it now. So that's why a person can be a a Christian sexual deviant, engaging in all type of, you know, they want to be polygamous and be Christian. You get what I'm saying? So, So, you know, we just have to break away from that. I've run out of time. I wish I would have had someone in short to chat in this dialogue with me. Um, but I, I hope that what I've said has been enlightening or, uh, or, or stimulating, causing you to think. I'm not saying whether I watched the show or not. I don't care particularly. I, I don't, really don't care. And the trailer was enough for me. Let them make their money. I can't condemn them to hell for it. You know, only the network can do that. <laughs> The network, uh, uh, Cartoon Network, would determine whether it would be a vice or a voice for them. <laughs> but either way, you know, they're only about making money. Ratings. I guarantee you that first that first night is going to be top ratings for them because of this the the big quantity and the uh, you know ruckus associated with it. But I challenge my challenge to to you, if we're going to be authentic believers. If we're going to be authentic about what we say, what we do, then we need to be across the board. We don't need to raise arms, raise up in arms on one thing and then allow another thing. And I know it's very hard to do. I, I can't contest that. It is very difficult to do because there's so much going on. But we need to at least be aware. And we don't, we don't need to be, you know, uh, we don't need to be the type of person that allows the lesser of two evils to go for. I mean, we don't need to be that person. We don't need to be that type of church. We don't need to be that type of believer. We need to be consistent across the board. If we're going to call one thing evil, then we need to call it evil. And as scripture writes, Paul writes, to the pure, all things are pure. I mean, and if, even, if we, even if we pull that out of the context from which he wrote in his letter, and it's epistle. Even if we pull just that little part, just that little syntax of scripture, and, and, and used it, still its power is potent enough for us to stand and say, "To appear, all things appear." So we don't need to, you know, we waste the energy, effort protesting something that folk are just going to watch just because. When we need to be empowering people to change the world, to change lives, to to go out and do the work. That Christ commanded us to do. To go out into the highways and the byways. To proclaim the good news of Christ. To proclaim the kingdom of God and repentance that is necessary for conversion. That is what we need to do. Until we then do that, then all we're doing is just wait, you know, wasting our voice. 
But anyway, I digress. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna sign out because you know, hey, I've, I've enjoyed this little time. I've gone over the time, and but I, I appreciate your audience and those you'll be listening by. Uh, you know, as you catch this archive, I still like to know what you want, what your thoughts on it is. So you make sure that you go to the Facebook page and you go, you see the link about the show, make your comments, or go to the show page of blogtalkradio.com/slash-zero-today. Leave your comments about the show there, or hit me up on email. Let me know. Uh, Pastor Lorenzo Neal at gmail.com. I, I just want to hear your feedback. You know, it's an interesting thing. I we're protesting the wrong things for me. That's that's just me. But if you want to protest, go ahead, black folk. You need to. We need to stand up because we've been made. We've been made to lie down too long. The giant needs to asleep, wake from the slumber. That's just me. What do I know? I'm just a preacher. You know, I don't know any better. <laughs> but uh, hey, it is what it is. Listen, we're about to go I'm about to tune out, and I want you to come uh, tune in next week. Next week we'll have another dynamic show. We're going to be talking about the pedophiles in the church, and it's becoming an epidemic. And I want to hear your thoughts, insights about that. So that's what we'll be talking about next week. The Lord wills, and and hopefully we have another guest in. I'm trying to get a one of a a new author out about a book. Uh, uh, Pastor Jay Augustine, I'm trying to get him on the show and several others I'm trying to get on the show um, because I got some, you know, hey, I love some of the people I've been meeting and interacting with and the things that they are doing, building up the body of Christ is just wonderful. We got some wonderful people across the body and I'm glad to know someone be affiliated with it. Anyway, tune in next week. We'll be back same time, same place. So tune in.